the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. There's somebody out there who's listening to this. I just hope that they feel inspired to reach out to somebody for help if they're wanting to make a transition or they have questions about how to do certain things. And that's what I think is amazing about not only the Facebook group, but of course the podcast, is that there's plenty of people out there who don't have the answers, but they can all come together to try to brainstorm or find someone who's already gone through that crucible of opening a law practice or just running a law practice. And uh, you're not alone, and there's plenty of people out here to help. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, my friend. How are you? Good. You're at the courthouse. I'm driving. I'm losing my voice. It sounds like you're whispering in a corner somewhere. This is going to be an amazing episode. Hey, you know, our listeners get what they pay for. So we're low tech for sure. We're glad to have everybody listening. And I am excited about the fact that we have finally announced our date for the Maximum Lawyer Conference 2019. I'm pretty damn excited. And you know what? I, just so people know, we wanted to announce a date months ago, but we had issues with the venues, not the current venue that we're using, but we could not get a date from the venue that we wanted. So that's what the delay was. I'm super excited. And Kent has, has some pretty creative ideas coming. So I think people really going to love it. I think we're going to at least double the number of people coming this year, at least, I would say. And uh, I think the show, the presentations we're going to put on this year are going to be just amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. So the dates are June 6th and June 7th, 2019. Again, it'll be here in St. Louis. The venue that we selected is really, really nice, but it's also something that we're going to have to pay for. So we're figuring that if we split up the cost among everybody, it shouldn't boost the fee for the conference that much. But I think people are going to be pretty excited. I think it's going to have a lot more of a conferency type feel to it. Oh, for sure. And I think the audio video is going to be better. I mean, just overall, it's going to be better. It will be a little pricier, but it's not going to be pricey at all. I mean, we're going to keep it as low as possible, just like last year. So I'm pretty excited. But all right, Jimmy, we do have a guest on the line, so I don't want to keep him waiting too long. You want to introduce him? So our guest today is Dane Phillips. He's a criminal defense attorney in South Carolina. We met him through our good friend and friend of the show, Seth J. Price. Dane, welcome to the show, my friend. Well, it's a absolute pleasure to be on. To say I'm a kind of a fanboy of the show is kind of an understatement. I 
found the show very early on when y'all started recording, just similar to a, a recent guest searching for law-related podcasts. So to be on the show is uh, an absolute honor. That's awesome stuff. And, and Seth has been telling us for, for months, hey, you've got to get Dane on. you got to get him on. got to get him on. And we always had scheduling issues. So we're glad to finally have you on. So Jimmy and I really want you to tell your story about really you know, meeting Seth Price, how you got your current job, all that. So you probably know the best place to start. So why don't you go ahead and start? <laughs> well, so it really does start with finding the Maximum Lawyer podcast. I was at a point where wanted to possibly make the transition into solo practice, was an associate, and kind of wanting to make that next step in the career. So I started, like I said, searching for different podcasts to listen to different things. Came across the Maximum Lawyer podcast, and I haven't really heard any other podcast that's like that, that's law-related. And very early on, you had, obviously, Seth Price and John Fisher on the show. And so I cold emailed, called both John Fisher and Seth Price, and both quickly responded and both provided me with an incredible amount of, I mean, just the most selfless people, the most amount of information. I mean, John Fisher took, I reached out to him and he did a quick 30 minute call with me, said, all right, you're, you know, how old are you? Where are you at in your career? And really just kind of laid an outline of what he thought would be a good, good idea of making the next steps. And then of course, reached out to Seth. And as I got closer to where I was wanting to go solo, I reached out to Seth knowing that he had blue, you know, the Blue Shark Digital, which is their marketing company, and was asking him, you know, if I was to go out on my own and I used uh, Blue Shark and it kind of just hit off from there. And then ultimately I, I made that decision. I had kind of put the line in the sand and decided to make that leap of faith and go out on my own. And lo and behold, after making that transition, Seth uh, had said to come up to DC, see his firm, meet everything that he liked, kind of my ideas and uh, kind of my passion for criminal defense and went up there, met Seth and, the entire Price Benowitz team and kind of fell in love with everything. And ultimately it led to becoming an employee of uh, Price Benowitz. I can tell you that it's unbelievable when I think about it. I never thought that one reaching out, I would even get a response, but not only did I get a response, but it ultimately led to a job. And this entire experience has been one that again is truly unbelievable and the systems they have in place, it's allowed me to be, I'm the only attorney in South Carolina for Price Benowitz. It's allowed me to, uh, what I say is, I'm not a solo attorney because I work for a big firm, but I am the only attorney in the place in South Carolina and the firm in South Carolina. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. I'm not a true solo in the sense that I have a big firm backing. I can go into much more detail uh, later on in the podcast, but just a cold, a simple cold call and email uh, truly changed my life, uh, changed the direction of my life. And to me, it's a defining moment in, in my career and, and certainly has changed the course of uh, not only the way I look at the profession, but of course, uh, the outcome, hopefully, of uh, how I progress as a, not only a lawyer, but again, just as a person. Then you described it as drawing a line in the sand, and certainly even though you're affiliated with Price Benowitz and being the only attorney in South Carolina for yourself, where do you think you get that entrepreneurial bent from? 
Well, my grandfather, who on my mom's side, he it's kind of crazy to, to even think he grew up kind of out in the country. And to say he wasn't educated, I think he only went to the first grade. Uh, at least that's what I've been told. He opened up uh, very early on. He was one of the first not to get more country, but well drillers in South Carolina. And he kind of struck it out on his own and did fairly well for himself. And I don't know if that would be just in the DNA, but that entrepreneurial spirit, that passion, that willing to take a risk. Obviously, at the time, I had, we had my wife and I had just had our, our little girl. So my wife was hesitant and certainly had some reservation about making this big leap because where I was at was comfortable, but I was not satisfied. And so that ultimately led to me making that <laughs> that risky decision, but ultimately has paid off. And without a doubt, I, I am a happier person. My wife can obviously see the difference in being more satisfied. And we've been incredibly successful. The one-year mark was November 1st since I left for solo and then, of course, joining up with Seth, kind of doing the hybrid model, so to speak. And it's been a little over a year, and I'm, I wouldn't even turn around to look back. It would have no hesitation about it. It's been an amazing year, been a, a lot of work. It will always be a lot of work, but it's, uh, without a doubt, I, I would just say it's in the DNA, and I probably would have to attribute that to my, my grandfather. Dan, what is it that drew you to John Fisher and Seth Price? I mean, I, they're both amazing guys and, and amazing attorneys, but is there something else that drew you to them? After listening to those specific podcasts, I just had, because I had listened to a bunch at that time. I was kind of consuming them quite often, just all kinds of different podcasts. And with listening, of course, to all the Maximum Lawyer podcasts, there's something special about John Fisher and Seth Price. And I know that's beyond evident of anybody that's listened to the podcast, but I could tell there was, with their podcast, not just more of a, an expertise, but also kind of that selfless giving of others, wanting to help people do well, but also providing information that was above the fold. And there was something, like I said, there was just something different, something that made me say, these are two individuals that I need to reach out to for help to see if they are willing to speak with me, to give me, you know, invaluable advice that could impact my career. And ultimately both of them in a heartbeat did it. I mean, like I said, it's, it's really kind of uh, at a loss for words to even go into it because, you know, one thing I want to always do now that this has happened to me is pay it forward. I would never turn down a phone call or an email from somebody asking for help. I promise you that. Okay, so you spoke with Seth, and then you obviously started to have a conversation about maybe affiliating with each other. And were you already out on your own? Talk a little bit about your mindset as you're going through that discussion with Seth so, back and forth about whether or not to affiliate. So when I re first reached out to him, it was all about trying to use Blue Sharp, their services on my own. And, of course, got connected with Seth, and we were going over how much it would cost per month and whether I'd be able to afford that and kind of walking through those steps. And so it, it evolved over time from, okay, these are the things you need to put in place. This is how much, you know, you would need to spend to move the needle. And then it ultimately just through talking and brainstorming, it got to a point where uh, Seth, you know, was kind of brainstorming on his own for me. 
and he was bouncing ideas off and saying, you know, what do you think about this? What do you, and just through kind of a Q and a, it ultimately led to Seth saying, will you come up to DC and meet us? I'd like to meet you. I want to see, you know, I want to see you in person. I want us to have this discussion in person. I want you to see kind of how we run our law firm. And it was really an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. After that meeting, when I went up to D.C. and met with them personally, is where everything kind of took off from there. But it, it literally, every, the phone calls all led to that, to that meeting in D.C. And there was no promise of a job or anything like that. It was literally come up, look at our firm, see how we operate. I would assume fill me out to see how serious I was about taking this to the next level. All right, Dave, I want to talk a little bit more about what you just said. So did you have any idea that you were about to get offered a job at some point? I mean, was that even crossing your mind? Because, I, I mean, you're sort of at that point, if you're just leaping out on your own, I'm guessing you don't have a whole lot of money. So you're sort of taking a risk, your travel expenses, things like that. So did you, did you have some sort of indication that you had a job? So without a doubt, I did not have a lot of money saved up. So it was very risky. At this point, based on the conversations I had with Seth, I felt like there was the possibility that some type of partnership or agreement could come into place because we had just worked well together and kind of coming up with ideas with how to progress my career and how to set up a shop in South Carolina. And so, you know, going up there and meeting with them, and I, I knew that that was a possibility. And certainly that, to me, was interesting. And of course, just having the opportunity of going and seeing how they've scaled their law firm where it started with two lawyers, one of them being David Benowitz, who was, you know, the criminal defense, you know, being a public defender in DC, having that background and then having Seth, you know, kind of more of the business side and them using their talents appropriately and building the law firm. I mean, scaling it over in just over a decade to now 32 lawyers. I think the law firm's been around maybe 13, 14 years now. And it's one of those where I wasn't sure, but it didn't matter to me. I was going to go regardless. And again, my wife was kind of a little confused why I would go up to D.C. without uh, having a, a true specific reason. But I, like I said, I just knew that it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. I think that's a really great point. I'm, I've had many times in my career where I've gone off to meet some lawyer because I want to know maybe about how to prepare a case or I want to know how they do things. And I remember the first time I went to Price Benowitz and I went down in that basement and saw that call center where they have their team of college kids eating pizza with a big map and <laughs> taking phone calls and doing all that intake. Did you get to see the basement while you were there? I did. So I, I got to see all the bones of Price Benowitz, top to bottom. So if you go through their process and you're not impressed, I don't know what kind of law firm you've you've been a part of, because without a doubt, what we call it is CMT, our client management team. So in the basement, you have, I think there's 12 uh, individuals, most of them uh, fairly young, either in college, out right out of college, and it's an in-house client intake system. So all the phone calls, if someone was to call my office number, the phone call is routed to D.C., and the client management team would take the call. And similar to a lot of the other call services, what I'll get is either a direct transfer to my cell phone or I'll get an email with a generated kind of intake. So I'll have not only the PC's name, phone number, email address, the type of case, the date of the incident, the court date. I'll have all that uh, sent to my email address. So when I'm following up, it's not a cold 
follow-up. I mean, it's one I've had that point of contact through someone who uh, Price Benowitz has trained to properly do intakes. And, of course, I get all the information I need to do the follow-up. And it's incredibly impressive the way they do it. And then you have the in-house accounting department, in-house marketing, or yeah, I guess how would you say maybe outhouse? Because now that it's uh, Blue Shark is not Price Benowitz, they're two separate companies. But Blue Shark kind of started in Price Benowitz, and of course is now its own separate entity. But it handles the marketing. I mean, from top to bottom, your marketing, accounting, your intake, your client management process is all handled in-house and as a solo attorney to have those resources it's amazing i mean it's just i would imagine it would add if i had to do those on my own it would add an additional three to four hours a day uh, to a very long day that i already worked so i say that this arrangement keeps me working the still married hours uh, of starting a law firm from scratch and not having to really push the boundaries of working that 16 to 18 hour type days. And I'm curious to hear what advice you'd give to other attorneys that are thinking about going solo and maybe even considering approaching a bigger firm about a similar arrangement. What what sort of advice would you give them? Well, without a doubt, I would say that you should never hesitate to reach out to someone for help. I mean, if there's somebody that you admire or you think they are the ones who are doing it the best in that space, then you should reach out to see if, one, if they're willing to provide you with some advice. Because I can tell you in my career, and certainly what we've highlighted throughout this episode, is that people have been so gracious and so selfless with their time that a simple email or cold call often gets returned, and the advice they provide you is nothing short of amazing, that they're more than willing to help young lawyers. So if there's somebody out there who's listening to this, I just hope that they feel inspired to reach out to somebody for help if they're wanting to make a transition or they have questions about how to do certain things. And that's what I think is amazing about not only the Facebook group, but of course the podcast is that there's plenty of people out there who don't have the answers, but they can all come together to try to brainstorm or find someone who's already gone through that crucible of opening a law practice or just running a law practice. And uh, you're not alone, and there's plenty of people out here to help, successful people, people that have done this at the highest level. So I would tell people never hesitate to reach out for help. Yeah, I love getting calls like that where people are asking for help. I'm always happy to jump on a call or do what I can. Dane, talk to us a little bit about what it appears like to the public. In other words, do you have your own website? Do you have your own office space? Would the public know that Price Benowitz is even in the people in South Carolina? Would they know that you're affiliated with this D.C. firm? They do. So another thing that's kind of a, what I say, kind of a genius of how Seth Price wants to work this arrangement is he understands that in South Carolina, you know, because Price Benowitz is regional, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, and, and a couple other spots, but primarily in that region, that nobody in South Carolina knows Price Benowitz. It's not a name brand firm in South Carolina. So everything that's my marketing, I have my own website, you know, SC Criminal Laws, and it's my picture when it comes up. It's attorney Dane Phillips. It still has Price Benowitz logo. The sign outside of the law office has, you know, Dane Phillips, criminal defense attorney, but below it has kind of the marquee Price Benowitz. Same for the business cards, but everything is highlighting myself kind of uh, not to go the Gary Vanderchuk, the Gary V personal brand part of it, but 
you know, we, one of the things that made me obviously excited about it was that Seth understood that for me to be successful is to highlight myself as a, a personal brand that I needed to be the fixture that people are not hiring Price Benowitz. They're hiring Dane Phillips. I've been lucky in my career in the sense that I've had a lot of great experience being a young lawyer as far as arguing at the South Carolina Supreme Court and working on big cases and being president of the South Carolina Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers. And Seth knew that taking those attributes and highlighting you know, my name and kind of building that brand would be way more important than just slapping Price Benowitz on everything. The benefit of having Price Benowitz is because also being a young lawyer, having these big criminal cases come in the firm, there's a lot of reservation with some people. If someone's going to spend a lot of money on a criminal defense lawyer who's younger than some of the guys that have been around for 20, 30, 40 years and are the most well-known lawyers in the state, then I get to also sell them on the fact that I have a big firm backing, that I'm connected with a firm of 32 lawyers that this is not just a true solo shop of a young young lawyer, regardless of whatever I have accomplished, but I also get to add that extra big firm backing as a selling point, which I can tell you has helped in several cases that I probably would not have been hired on had I not had that extra big firm backing as a selling point. So Dan, will you talk a little bit about Seth's management style and, and the things that you like the most about it? So. The thing I love about Seth's management style is he understands that with the relationship that we have where I'm kind of a standalone on an island here in South Carolina, it's not micromanaged. He has full confidence, and that was part of in hiring me, you know, hiring a lawyer that's, you know, in several states away, is I make the judgment calls on cases. I decide what fees are set. I decide, I mean, I'm essentially running kind of a law firm here with the help of Seth's law firm. I'm making all of those calls, but I have the ability to reach out for all the administrative side of things and the help. And of course, if, as issues come up, Seth is more than willing to talk with me about how we need to resolve any problems that arise. But the day-to-day -day operations are all controlled by me and the decisions that need to be made are of my own. So it's really somebody that was looking for kind of that solo practice, but wanted kind of to have uh, that that backing, that that hybrid model, I couldn't really think of a better situation. I, you know, again, I set the prices on the cases. I determine what cases to take. I mean, obviously that's, I mean, for criminal, it's uh, most of the cases that come through the door are, are generally good other than the one, you know, ones that are, that have the ability to pay. But as far as his management style, it's not micromanaging in any way, shape, or form. And so it, it fits my personality uh, to the T. Today's episode of the Maximum Lawyer Podcast is sponsored by the Seth J. Price Fan Club. We spent a lot of time talking about how great Seth is, and <laughs> he certainly is a good friend of the show. I want to change it up a little bit. And so I want to make it clear. So, Dane, you are incentivized to bring in as much business as you can and you are, like you said, almost like a solo just with the back-end support from Price Benowitz. Where do you see things headed? Do you think you're going to be expanding in South Carolina, or what do you think is going to happen in the future? So Seth and I have discussed that because always part of this is progressing and moving forward. You know, So in that same progression, without a doubt, we hope 
to expand uh, South Carolina office, hopefully breaking into personal injury and other areas, practice areas that fit well with criminal defense. Uh, you know, there's plenty of practice areas that marry well with a criminal defense model, similar to how Price Benowitz has grown from its core, you know, from its origin story, so to speak, as starting as a cornerstone of criminal defense. I mean, that's one of the other reasons I was so interested in their firm was because there's just not mid-sized firms or at least 32-person law firms that start out as a criminal defense firm primarily. And with that, we have discussed about building out the office. And, you know, it's it's something that I'm beyond excited about because it's really the, the ultimate dream that I had for myself in the first place. All right, Dane. So we do want to be respectful of your time and wrap things up. Before we do, I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group. Lots of action going on there. Get involved with the discussion. Also, please, if you will, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star review. It really does help spread the word. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? Before I get to my hack of the week, I want to say a little bit about the conference one more time and to tell people that we're going to try to mix it up this year. We might have some shorter TED Talks, TED-style talks. So if people have an interesting topic or something that they think would be good for our crew to hear at the Maximum Lawyer Conference in 2019, we're going to set up a Google form to take solicitations from people that would like to present. For my hack of the week, again, very interestingly, it comes back to Seth J. Price, but last week, his team at Blue Shark recommended that I do a Reddit Ask Me Anything, and I did my first Reddit Ask Me Anything, and we made it a little clickbaity by putting in the headline that I was going to talk about President Trump's decision or claim that he's going to try to file an executive order to take away what's called birthright citizenship. And I have to tell you, it was a smashing success. We had about 950 comments. The thing was just heating up. There were some definitely some, some people on both ends of the immigration spectrum, but Reddit is a very good Google juice provider. So having that link to our website with the amount of engagement that we had is really going to help. So if you can hop on a topic that's in the news and that's in your area. It takes a little bit to set up, but it was sort of fun sitting there interacting with people for an hour. It's almost like a call-in show, but you're typing your answers. The number of comments you got is just incredible. It seems like you, you, you had a really good time, too, so that's great. All right, Dane, so you know the routine. So what's your tip or hack of the week? So having a statewide practice, I have to drive an incredible amount. So there's plenty of apps out there that do it. I use Mile IQ. I think it's a Microsoft-based app. So ultimately, it tracks all your mileage as you drive. You don't have to keep a logbook. And then, of course, you can use that come tax time as your write-offs. I don't know if the new tax law has gutted that part of it as well, uh, like it has with the charitable part of it. But I'm keeping track of my mileage for tax purposes. And the Mile IQ, instead of having to keep a written log, because I'm driving across the state on a daily basis, we'll keep track of that and will be ultimately, I hope, save me a lot of money come tax time. So without a doubt, there's plenty of other apps that do it, and I use Mile IQ. Very cool. My actual tip of the week is related to driving as well, so that's good. So last week, I had a friend that was in town, and he was running a few minutes behind, and he sent me a link. It was from Glimpse, G-L-Y-M-P-S-E. Like, what the hell is this? I clicked on it, and it gave me his ETA, and it gave me a map with him on a dot on a map showing where he was. 
So it was really interesting. There's a variety of uses I think you can get from it. So I, I ended up downloading the Glimpse app. And so I, I, I recommend that you check it out. So, so if you want someone to know your ETA for whatever reason, it's really easy to use. It's really clever. So that's my tip of the week. Danny, thanks so much for coming on. It's great to hear your story again. And thank you so much. No, thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.